Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast hosted by me, Josephine Atlery. Do you ever feel like you could use some guidance when life throws you a curveball? By listening to the narratives in this podcast, you will learn from other people's experiences and responses to challenging situations so you can fast track the learning curve to get ahead of your own life. Picking up where we last left off in the other episode, after over a year of failed IVF attempts with the first fertility center, I took a break from pursuing another round of IVF in order to refresh myself both mentally and physically. During this time, I finally did some research into other places because I could no longer see myself doing another round at the first facility. I learned the hard way that no one will look out for your best interest and the onus falls upon you to lead that charge. In order to take control of your situation, you need to arm yourself with information and advocate for you. And that's exactly what I did during this break. Along with doing things I loved, like settling into the new house and building up my event planning business. I looked up the success rate of fertility centers in Massachusetts and found a practice that had a solid live birth rate in comparison to the other facilities. So I took the leap to start all over again. It can be hard to grapple with the idea of giving up, especially in situations where you are so emotionally invested in something. It can be scary to feel like you have to start over and lose time on whatever progress you think you made in the other situation. Yet, as I learned from this journey, we should always evaluate our situations, always weigh the pros and cons of staying or moving on. If you've given it a really earnest effort and it isn't working, then do your research for alternate solutions and know that this does not constitute as giving up. In this episode, I will be chatting with my best friend, Nubia Chides, about this idea, this response to life of knowing when to pivot and move forward in a new direction. In this process, it is important to begin anew with a positive mindset. We will explore these ideas, both in the context of my IVF journey and Nubia's change in careers, thereby showing that a response to life can be applied to a myriad of challenges. Here with us today is my best friend from college, Nubia Chaidez. She is the godmother to all of my children, and she's perpetually down to do whatever comes up in my mind. An example of her willingness to do whatever, in addition to speaking with me on this podcast, is one day she became ordained so she could officiate my third wedding to M um, <laughs> out in Boston. And she's the friend that everyone dreams of having in their lives. Loyal, kind, super fun, and so loving. So with that being said, Nubia, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. You can tell us about your career and your passion project. Okay, well, first of all, that is the sweetest intro ever. And I would just like to preface that the ordained minister role really came out of a pear martini that I was given and then I was down to do whatever. So I was a little bit under the influence, but we had some fun. So my name is Nubia, like Josephine said, and we have known each other since the first day of college, um, 18 years ago. And 
we lived, I remember I walked into my dorm and across the hallway, I saw the name Josephine Reyes. And the first thing I thought as I was entering this crazy world of college was like, oh, there's another um, Hispanic person who's going to be right there with me. <laughs> Little did I know that wasn't going to be the case. It was just a, his, a Hispanic a surname, but best friend for life. Um, and, and endless adventures starting from probably week one, let's be honest. Uh, but what, what I do now, let's see, introduce myself. I, I spent 15 years in the nonprofit sector, uh, doing all sorts of things from working in government and political campaigns and various, uh, preventive endeavors. So substance abuse prevention agencies, the whole gamut. I don't want to go through the whole list of careers, right? I, I worked at, um, social service agencies like the Ronald McDonald House Charities. So I, I've devoted a good chunk of my professional career to really giving back to communities and figuring out how to work with their assets and be a positive change in other people's lives. Um, because at the end of the day, it brought me a, a great deal of satisfaction and made me learn a lot about myself. I currently work at an Illinois Medicaid health insurance um, plan, and I am a compliance manager, which uh, has really been an interesting change for me, but it, it's been great. And my current passion project is making stickers for paper planners, people in, people people who use paper planners. So literally that little agenda that you, you used to have in college and maybe even as an adult, you still have like I do, a paper planner where you can jot down your to-do list, your appointments. I make fun stickers for that. And they can, they can be sassy, they can be representative of your culture, they can be representative of people you love, like I've doodled my family. Um, they can just be functional, just so you have some color and can incorporate that visual aspect of your life into an organizational aspect of your life. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, and it's kind of long-winded, but that's me. Yeah, no, the your passion project and everything that you do, really, you put your heart and soul into it, which is what... Um, what I love about you. And also it's true to who you are. This episode is about knowing when to pivot in life and the power of the positive mindset during the process. So the reason why I asked Nubia to join me for an exploration of this topic, uh, this response to life is so she could frame the idea in regards to her own career, which she mentioned uh, just a little bit ago about the career changes that she had. And I'm going to frame this idea in connection to my IVF journey. So that way you can see that a specific response to life can be applied to a myriad of life challenges. So to remind Nubia where I left off in the last episode, I had put a pause in my IVF journey after over a year of multiple failed attempts at one facility. And so that's, that's where we left off. Yeah. And, and I guess I would love to just to start by asking you, because you were in Boston when you were really in this journey off by yourself, really. I mean, you had your husband, your husband, obviously, but how did IVF impact your life, you think? Right. So I, um, Nubia is out in Chicago and that's where I was born and raised. And we had moved out to the Boston area, right after a couple of years of working after college, and we didn't know anyone out there. So doing the IVF process, as I've mentioned before, is a really lonely experience. And so having that lonely experience 
and being in already a town in a town where you don't know anyone just sort of magnified that. Um, I was working at the time. And so having work was, was a great distraction. It didn't really impact me in terms of work because I was able to separate the two. I was, I was a catering manager after cooking school. And so that's what I was doing in Boston at the time when we first started IVF. And in terms of relationships, uh, because I was out there all alone with the exception of my husband, it didn't really impact me on a day to day. Um, it was more like when we would go back to Chicago or when we talk on the phone that I found myself getting distant from people just because they couldn't understand what I was going through. Not that they weren't interested in knowing one, they didn't know the questions to ask and two, they didn't want to pry. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just, I didn't want to talk about it because it was something that I just didn't want to really discuss and, and like bring up the feelings around it. So that, mm -hmm. it, that would be the main impact of it is just sort of this slow separation from everything else. Yeah. And, and I can remember, like you said, like, you know, I've known you, we've grown up together essentially. And I, I know when you're sad, I know when you're anxious. And so we knew that you didn't want to talk about things, um, not because you didn't need to, or wouldn't help, but like we also knew we, we couldn't understand what you had gone through because there w it was such a struggle and it was hard and it was sad at times that it, it was hard for us to figure out how to support you with also having the distance, right? Right. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. It definitely was a process of detachment that I was... Yeah, yeah. it was learning for all of us, right? So it was like, I think now as an adult, I would have pried more because I was going to bulldoze my way in to make sure that you were okay versus when you're you know, in your 20s, like that, those are hard questions to ask because you don't know what to say or what to do. Right. And, and I know that when we think about that time period, like, and I, I don't know if you ever said these words to you, like, sometimes we feel like maybe we weren't as supportive as, as we needed to be for you, but it's not because you make us feel guilty about it, but it's because we know better now. Yeah. I mean, it's true. That was, I was the first one out of all the friends who was like, was married and then who was trying to have kids and um and the first one going through IVF so it was definitely a learning process for everyone involved for sure mm -hmm. well not to pivot too much on that but i know that you you know you you do your research when you decide to embark on anything right so when you decided to go with your first medical team you stayed there for a while and and you 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 did everything to the to the maximum and you and i think at some point you decided even though you kind of knew in your gut that it wasn't going to be the right place for you, like why did you decide to stay there a little bit longer than maybe maybe you should have, or maybe that was just you know your path, right? But why did why didn't you move just then? No, that's a great question. So um, I, I brought it up in the last episode of this feeling of being in that in that process and that mindset of I just wanted to get pregnant, and so and it was my first time going through it at this facility. And I thought, you know, it was a, it's a really great hospital that they know what they're doing. So I'm just going to put my head down and just keep trying as often as I can. And you get kind of caught up in this cycle almost of mm -hmm. doing it and then not realizing, not taking the time to reevaluate the situation. 
almost because you might feel like, and I know that this was the feeling for me, was that I felt like if I tried to look around that I was almost admitting failure in in this mm. by not just sticking through with it and just continuing on. And so that was why I stayed with them. I mean, and for me, it, you know, it was it was a year. But then after doing it for like, it was about five or six rounds, I got mm-hmm. mentally worn down and and physically as well. But more so what impacted me was the, the mental um, fatigue from doing it over and over again so that I had to pause. And that's when we happened to be moving into our new house in New Hampshire and I was starting that event planning business. And so... Mm-hmm. I was able to recognize that I needed to stop and I needed to do something that would make me feel better because I was starting to feel really crappy and I was starting to really hate myself because I mm-hmm. I felt like I was failing. And so I stopped and I was able to work on the house, work on the business and started feeling good. And then that's when I decided, you know what, maybe it's time to pivot. Maybe it's time to look into other places because I'm not tied down to this one place. Sure. We've invested a year here, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's time to see what else is out there. Yes. The protocol will be the same, but I need a new doctor. I need new eyes on it. And I just need a whole new experience. And so that's when I decided that it was time for me to look into other places. And the difference here mm-hmm. from that first time was the first time we just went with a big name. It was one of the prestigious hospitals in Boston. And I'm like, I thought, you know, they should be good at this because they're renowned. And mm-hmm. and then, so I didn't know to look up like success rates on the CDC. And so with this next place that we went to, I made sure to do my homework and looked into like reviews and visit places and see what felt good. And that's how we ended up like stopping and pivoting to this new facility and then starting over again. And I think it's so crazy to hear you talk about this because the fact that you felt like a, a failure, but it's, it's a biological thing, right? Like there's only so much you can do. Like you were already healthy. Um, it's not like you, you had like all these other issues of like being overweight or, or not taking care of your body or, you know, not trying to do what you could, like you, you were doing everything right at that point. So at this point, this is just biology and this just wasn't a good fit medically for you. Right. So you needed to do that homework and maybe decide after having some time to assess, like, is this the right place for me or do I need to go somewhere else? And it just, it, it just always blows my mind when I hear, when I hear you allude to the fact that you felt like a failure because you weren't a failure, right? Like this, this is a hard thing to do. You guys had other things stacked against you, and this was this was how you were going to maybe start your family, and it, it was going to be a difficult journey, and it and it sucked, but you you had to like take a pause from it, like you said, and set yourself back up and do what you do best. Like I don't know if people know this about you, you are the reason why I plan the way I do. Like I already thought I was a good planner until I met you. Your, <laughs> your skills and your level of detail for how to organize a day or how to bucket things, I learned in our in our years of friendship and then being hired on by you to help out with your event planning business. Like I really learned how to take things up to the next level. And I mean, 
because of those skills, you have been able to do so much more, including manage your beautiful, not tiny family, right? Like it's because you have these skills. And so I, I think it's fascinating that you can translate some of those skills into something that is so scary and frightening emotionally to help it, to help you figure out how to manage taking a, a leap into some a new direction or or a new team or to something else that is kind of still unknown to you. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, I never thought about it. In that never way. looked at it that way. Look at that. <laughs> that's what friends are for. Do you think you brought anything to the new place from the new, the new IVF facility from the old team? Like any, I don't want to call it baggage, but fears or uh, ways that you interact with your team? Yeah. The, you know, by the end of it, by the end of that first year, I just, I hated it there. And like, like I said, I hated who I was becoming. And so because I had that actual pause in time and then met with the new, the new place and the new team, it was completely different. That first place was this big institution. The second place was a smaller practice. Um, they had great numbers. It was just, it was more personalized and I didn't feel like, like going into that first place, it was in a hospital. I felt like I was sick. I wasn't sick, like you said. And, mm-hmm. and then that just kept like that feeling was underlying, like there's something wrong with me, you know? And then the next place, because it was this smaller, more intimate place, I felt more comfortable there and they were just much, I don't know, maybe that was how I perceived things, but they felt nicer. They were definitely easier to work with because I didn't have to deal with all of the bureaucracy of a big institution. Mm -hmm. And so I I felt like I went in with a better mindset. I was like, I have, I was refreshed because I had taken that pause and I think I went in there feeling like, okay, like I was hopeful that these people could partner with me and make this work. Yeah. And I I think, you know, for anybody, right. this, This is your story. That first institution that you went to, like, they're amazing at what they do, right? It just wasn't a, a good fit for you. It wasn't what you guys needed. It wasn't what your body needed. And whether that's related to stress and not feeling like you're being treated like a person because it was so large and busy all the time and that conglomerate of that institution versus the smaller space that just made you feel at ease and made you feel taken care of, that, that is what you needed at that time. And that, and that is what started you on your journey in a better way. But I think we all have to go through that experience sometimes to know, nope, this is not what I need right now. I need to find something else. Right. And I think that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely took some time and like some honesty with myself to be able to do that Mm -hmm. for sure. And so, as I mentioned in the beginning, I wanted to frame this idea of, of this response to life, which is pivoting in your the direction, the path that you are on, and also this idea of taking a pause to reevaluate your situation. And I wanted it to bring it in the context of one's career, which is where you found yourself a couple of years ago uh, when you were working with, at one place in one industry and then found yourself pivoting to something completely different. So if you mm-hmm. could share with us how you responded to that unplanned hiccup in your life. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, I was with an agency, a nonprofit agency that I had known since college. I'd been a volunteer there and decided to join them professionally. 
um, after 15 years of working in, or I guess maybe 10 years after working professionally. And I honestly thought I was going to be there for the rest of my life. Um, the work that they do, the mission was just something I really cared about. And I mean, you guys all saw it. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I suckered you all. I'm like, I, I, I shared my passion enough that all of you came in in whatever way you could, whether it was making a donation or coming to volunteer or um, sharing the mission of the agency with your family and relatives. Like it, it was amazing. Right. And, and I really thought I would be there till I was done working. And then, you know, they, they restructured, they had a new, a new CEO come in and she had different plans for a vision for the team. And I had a role that um, the agency was split between having like a central office and a couple of different locations. And in each of the locations, you had a fundraising team that she decided we no longer needed. And that was part of my team. Um, she wanted to centralize all fundraising to the main corporate office. And you don't need all the different fundraising from each of the different locations because um, that's just too much staff. And when you're a nonprofit, you have to make these strategic decisions. And um, unfortunately, that meant that several of us um, were, were let go. And, you know, it felt like a sucker punch, right? Like, because you knew I wanted to be there forever. I loved it. And so it was hard, right? It sucked. You know, I, I, whatever, you, you have those natural reactions. You, you cry, you're angry, you're mad. But I'm not one who will dwell on things like that too long externally, I guess I would say, because I think I do reflect on it now and realize that I probably internalized some of the sadness and was probably a little depressed, but just was moving forward as I should. But I started to plan, you know, what would be my next step? And I, I was lost for a while. I didn't know what I wanted to do because I had found what I wanted to do and I had been let go. And, and that was, and that was difficult, but I, I am lucky to have amazing friends like the ones I do because you, you, you specifically were not going to let me think that I was in this alone. And so next thing I know, I'm on a plane off to California for a week of let me love my godkids and let's just do every crazy adventure, what I, what I like to call the granola LA adventure. And let's just have some fun and laugh, right? And I think it's exactly what I needed. And I really, I hope I've told you many times how much I appreciate that like week off that I had with you and your family, because it really recharged me and helped me come back and say, okay, so your passion agency the agency that you're in forever right now doesn't need the role that you were in. It doesn't mean I can never go back. It doesn't mean that it may not change, right? Like there's always a possibility that I could end up right back there again later, but I may not be as a staff member. I could be as a donor or a volunteer. And there were other agencies that did that kind of work, but did I want to go into that? I wasn't sure anymore. And I just happened upon an opportunity to make a complete pivot point, pivot, right? Like I, I want the whole other spectrum. I went from the nonprofit to the for-profit sector, which was new for me, in a role that was not as, I don't want to call it as lovey-dovey, right? Like in the nonprofit sector, you're all about empowering others and um, you see the immediate results of the work that you're doing. And now I was moving into a role where my job is to make sure that my colleagues and my agency are following the rules of a contract that we've entered into. So are we, are we, meeting the demands of the contract. And if not, you know, my team comes in and we help evaluate the processes and where are we in terms of compliance and how do we get back on track so that nobody goes to jail. And so, it, I mean, it's quite a change, but it, to this day, I really have to just, it, it, it makes me chuckle as much as a sucker, uh, sucker punch as it felt to be let go from that other agency. 
it's what I needed to do. Um, I feel like these last three years at this company, I've learned more in these three years than I had learned in a long time. And that's not saying it lightly because the, the college that we went to, we, we are voracious learners and we want to always be learning new things. And so to feel that, to reflect on that old place and realize that maybe I was at a place where I was pausing too much in terms of learning to move into this new world still kind of blows my mind because it's so different, but it's, it's really exciting to be in this, in this new path and be learning and constantly challenged in new ways. You know, it, it's, it was, it's been quite a shock, but it's been a good shock. Yeah, you were really courageous in that in that moment, I thought. And it was good to that you took that pause, that you took me up on that offer to come out and just take a break and recenter yourself before you went back out to to pivot in this whole other direction. Were you able to take some of the experiences that you had from the previous career over to the new one? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, I think it's so funny that we're talking right now. So my agency is currently finishing up the deal to go to be bought out by another company. So I may be in for a whole new set of changes soon. Uh, and so it's been really interesting to think about how you then advocate for yourself to the new big company coming in. And what I really started to realize is that all my path since I left college, I've really worked at agencies that have been more like startups. So I've always worn multiple hats. Um, I've always been able to just kind of figure out where we need to analyze our workflows and when we need to develop standard operating procedures and, you know, using those tools everywhere. At every agency I've been in, I've always been that girl who will help organize, you know, let's standardize forms. Let's make sure we have uh, a log of when people do necessary training. And that's just always been me. And it's translated here. And I think that's what really gave me the entryway into this current role, even though it was a complete different shift, it, it the skills were all translatable. And it's, and I think that's been great. And so I'm just now currently at the same stage where it's like, okay, how do I tell this even bigger company that they need to keep me because I can use the exact same skills, maybe in the same role or in a new role? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. That was the benefit, definitely, I feel like, of our college experience is mm -hmm. this ability to evaluate look at it from different vantage points, you know, different situations, mm -hmm. and then be, be, being able to work from there. To me, I, I was going to say that you've always been a really positive person. And so I was wondering, as you were discussing, you know, how you pivoted, did you have this same mindset throughout? Or did you find that it ebbed and flowed? And and if so, then what helped you to return back to this state of positivity to to help you in this new position in this new part of your life. Well, I I think it it would be silly to say that there was never any dips or valleys in this, right? Like there's going to be when you've got like this shocking change to your system and your normal routine. Um, and I I appreciate when you say that I'm very positive. I think it's really funny because I have I have some friends here in Chicago who have recently kind of. I don't want to say beat me up, but it's in a loving way, kind of scolding me for being negative. And I, and I have now realized what they're saying, because I think our schooling in a great way, but also um, may come off negatively is we overanalyze things, right? We're always looking for ways to improve things. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, but we don't always take the time to celebrate when you've done something right, right, right or we've yeah. done something good. And so 
with my little passion project, you know, sometimes like, oh, I could have done this better. And maybe the next event, I'll do this. And literally, it was one of these, like, I got scolded through like a voicemail, because it was like a group chat. And it was like, I don't have time to type all the things I want to say to Nubia. I need you to know that you need to cut this negative self-talk out. And I was like, what? You know, and so it's been really interesting to kind of have that lens lifted because I'll catch myself now. I'll forget to celebrate because we work hard. You know, we we are children of immigrants and, you know, we weren't born wealthy and we've had to work very hard and we've had supportive families that helped us get where we are. But that meant that, you know, we had to make some sacrifices and there have been some bad days and some good days, but we've worked really hard to get where we are at. And so, yeah, there have been some sucky days and, you know, it just, you, you have to, you have to feel them because otherwise then you're not even going to learn from them. Right. But then you take your, you take your pause, you, you breathe. And the way that you and I like to function is like, we put all our to-do lists, our pros and cons lists. And okay, now what's the next step? How do I, how do I move forward positively? Right. And that's just what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I like how your friends uh, called you out, actually, going back to what you said, called you out on not taking the time to pause and to celebrate yourself Mm -hmm. because you're amazing. And the stuff that you do at work, but also with your passion project, you should take time to celebrate that. And so I'm glad that they that brought that to light. And actually, that brings a question about the role of like this side hustle that you have where you're using your creativity as an outlet, but also having it be a business and, mm-hmm. and the role that that played in this change in your life, if at all, if it did at that time. Oh, that's interesting. Cause they did kind of start at the same time, I guess. Right. Like mm-hmm. I guess being forced to being forced to pause, right? Like when, when you get laid off, that that's a forceful pause. And, you know, you can either dwell in the negativity of those feelings um, or you can decide I'm going to start to take some action. And so while I did that endless crunch of sending out resumes and looking for a new position, which is exhausting and um, stressful, I needed a creative outlet. And so I decided to just leap forward and let's start focusing on building this little creative Etsy shop that I wanted to have as a little side hustle, right? Like let's use our creativity and let's pay off our student loans. That's what it, that that's literally why I started the shop. And slowly it's really built into how do I design things that represent me as a Latina? Um, because there isn't that much out there, even though there's a lot of crafty stores and, and planner sticker shops like mine, there weren't a lot of people who were designing things that represented me. And so I chuckle because I often design things that are things that I want. And then I'm surprised by the reaction because people, people are like, I've been waiting for someone to make this. And so I think it's a good reminder when you hear things like that, maybe we shouldn't always wait for someone else to do it, right? Like just take the risk yeah, and see where it could go. And, you know, do I think this is going to be uh, a job, a side hustle that's going to turn into my million dollar fortune making company? I don't know. I don't think so it's just fun. And, and it's great that people are enjoying it. And it's great that it's helping me pay off my student loans. And it's great that it's letting me use my creativity. If it turns into something else, great, but that's not my expectation for it. Like for me, it's like, let's just enjoy it. Yeah, no, I think you're doing a great job with it. And I think that it's definitely like touching upon a market that is underserved. And it's, it's great to have an outlet where you can um, express yourself and do it 
you know, in a, in a fun way. I love all your, your stickers. So do the kids. So uh, I want to thank you for, for joining me today, Nubia, and being able to shine a light on, on a response to life, but how it, how it plays out in two different scenarios in life and how we can apply that in different situations. So this idea of pivoting and then the importance of taking a pause to reevaluate, to refresh yourself, and then going in with, you know, a, a mindset of hopefulness and positivity, but also being able to like ride the, the wave of emotions that go with it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. I like to end all my chats with people like I do with my kids where I ask for some gratitude. So I'm going to ask you to share a few of yours for today. Oh, well, I think this is easy today. So I have to say, first of all, I have to, I'm thankful for you. I mean, our, our friendship, and I say this to you every chance I can, is, is, a, is a cornerstone of my foundation, right? Like you help bring me out of darkness. You help me do crazy, we do crazy adventures. So I'm thankful for you. Um, I'm thankful for, I think, you know, your episode one that I try to live my life and I think you do too, kind of do things with love first um, because I think it just changes your perspective on lots of things. So I think that's a, a testament to my parents and your parents. Right. And I'm just thankful for, I don't know, for being analytical. It, it is good. It can have its negatives, but I, but I like being, having an analytical mind. It helps. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I love your gratitude. Oh, I did mine on Instagram today, but I'll repeat them. I um, am grateful that I was able to box today with Andrew because uh -huh. Wednesdays are my boxing days. And then I was grateful that I was able to do this corporate meditation over at Sagely Naturals today. And mm -hmm. that was amazing. And then my third gratitude was that I was grateful to be coming here to do this podcast episode with you. So, and then, and the last thing is in the spirit of giving and receiving, if there's any call to action that you wanted to share with our listeners so that they can help support you and your passion project or perhaps a charity that you love. Oh gosh. So, you know, my passion project, great. If someone is interested in learning about the world of planner stickers, my Etsy shop is called the paper cutting nerd. Feel free to take a visit. But honestly, I think that my biggest call to action for anybody right now is to be civically engaged. So, you know, really get engaged in your local politics. I think that's really important to me. And then give back to your community. I think that's where you have the most impact. So I have, I had a career, 15 year career in the nonprofit sector, and it changed who I am as a person or, or developed me at who I am as a person. And if you've never really volunteered as an adult, know that you can really give a lot to agencies. So share your talents. Excellent. I love it. It's so important. So important. Yes. And thank you so much, Nubia, for coming to talk to me since we're not really phone talkers. <laughs> I know, right? This is probably the longest conversation. Or texters. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> so I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Working with the new facility. I shifted my mindset from one of failure, defeat, and self-deprecation to one of positivity because we had renewed hope in this new facility that had great success rates. New opportunities require new mindsets. Our mindset can greatly affect the way life plays out for ourselves. Even if you have had major downfalls in the past, 
it is always in your best interest to go into your new situation with a refreshed and hopeful outlook that will color your experience in a positive light. The feelings and outlook that we have for ourselves creates an energy within us, and that is what we will end up calling into our own lives. An easy way to cultivate a positive mindset is to practice gratitude. Begin and end your day thinking of the things and people you are grateful for, and you will begin to shift into a state of positivity. If you happen to be in the LA area in March, I invite you to practice shifting to a positive mindset with me at Unplug Meditation in Santa Monica. Every Monday in March at 1 p.m., I will be teaching a 30-minute reset and recharge class. To join me for a class, just go to www.unplug.com and click on Find a Class and click on the Santa Monica location. I hope to see you in class. Thank you for listening to Responding to Life, a podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to receive a bi-monthly newsletter with an exclusive and free video meditation, along with wellness tips and deals, please go to www.respondingtolifepodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter by entering your email address in the pop-up box. In there, you'll also learn my seven-step process on how to meditate like a pro so you can stress less and live more joyfully. If you enjoyed the show, I invite you to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast outlet you use. I look forward to sharing another inspirational story with you real soon.